Welcome to the Freelancer podcast, where we talk about talent acquisition topics. I'm Eero, the co-founder of Freelancer, the platform where employers connect with freelance recruiters. Today we have Vlad and we're talking about recruiting in the Romanian market. Welcome, Vlad. Thank you for having me, Ero. It's nice to see you and finally do something together after uh, working so long with you. I, I, I went to your LinkedIn. <laughs> I always do that before the episode. And then I, okay. then I noticed you you have been actually from the start when, when you started like uh, doing your own business. Yeah, yeah. You're from the start with us. I think it's three years now, two years and a half, three years, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So so maybe tell us about your yourself and your background in uh, recruitment. Absolutely. Um, started recruitment in 2009. Um, I was recruiting for my sales team back then. I was working in a large telco company. It's actually the largest now in Romania. Uh, they provided us the fastest internet uh, in Europe and one of the fastest on the, on the planet. Mm. Um, I kind of got in love with recruitment back then. I didn't know what it is because it, it, it wasn't something you know specific. It's like, okay, you have to recruit people. You have to do an interview. I'm like, yeah, fine. But at, at one point I thought, I actually like that more than sales for some reason. And um, it took a few years for me to actually dig into the subject. I, I moved to Dublin in 2013. And with all the things that happened there, I ended up be, being a recruiter as my first job. I said, I, I want to work in sales because that's all I knew. And one of my best friends said, hey, join us you know, as a recruiter. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's see what it is. Um, soon after that, I started tech recruitment. It was two, uh, yeah, 2014. And from 2014 till now, it's all tech, uh, mainly. Um, I ended up working for one of the biggest recruitment companies in Ireland. They had 14 different departments, so 14 different domains they were recruiting on, uh, Sigmar. And um, I worked there for four years, five years. So five years in Dublin, and then I moved to London for another two years. But continuously, I've been working in recruitment since then. I've done a lot of trainings, courses in tech. I wanted to understand software development, project management, what a Scrum Master is, what it does, you know, uh, product management and so on to understand what companies do, how they work, how projects work, how teams work, etc. That helped me a lot. Um, three years ago, 2021, I moved back to Romania. Um, just wanted to see what the country can offer me one more time. I said, less, less chance. Um, so I came back, I opened my own company and the rest is history. It, it's interesting. Yeah. Like uh, people say that sales and recruitment is quite similar and there are people who transition from uh, sales to recruitment. So what are the, like these, uh, skills and habits that, that were supporting you and, and uh, were there any that, uh, that didn't like help you at all when you transition from sales to recruitment. Yeah, it's a huge um, crossover between the type of people that should work in either sales or recruitment. So you have to be very open to discuss with people you don't know. Um, when you work in sales, it's like you have a product and you have to sell it. But if you do consultancy type of selling, where you ask the questions and try to figure out if your product fits your uh, client. In recruitment, you do this with candidates, jobs, and companies. So it's, it's, it's a sell, but it's at different levels. And you have to pray to 
all the gods on you know in the universe that everything fits perfectly mm-hmm. and at the end you you know you mix the right client uh, the right company the right job the right candidate and nothing happens in between so i think it's a lot more difficult than sales so sales is like a good start but this is a whole new level in sales you, you sell for for one side only maybe <laughs> Here you sell the yeah, company, yeah. you sell, sell the yeah. candidate. Like so, it's like more complicated because there are more sites involved. Yeah. Like of course, in sales there are many decision makers, but also the company has like many decision makers. Maybe the whole team has to buy the candidate, for example. Exactly. So, so. like in the, in a large company, you have to please five, ten managers probably. Just imagine mm. how many yeses you need. Yeah. So, so it's quite stressful being an external partner, I would imagine. And in a way, I know it also like, so how, how do you manage the stress? Or is it stressful for you at all? It really depends. So a huge chunk of recruiters, when they start, start their careers, they quit after six months. The first six months are the hardest. Um, it's very stressful, but I had a uh, fantastic mentor um, in my previous job, Sean. Um, he told me at one point, look, if you stress every after everything that happens, you'll go crazy because you cannot control like 90% of things that happen. Just let it go. If it happens, it happens. You do everything you can about it and that's it. And literally that's what I'm doing. Like I stopped stressing years ago. I get stress on other stuff, not the, the recruitment per se, but the things that are kind of in the business, uh, I don't know, the, the guys with the taxes, the guys with random stuff, but not with the recruitment per se. I know that candidates, they can decide anything at any point. Clients, they can decide anything at any point. So I'll just do my best to fit the bill as much as possible. And that's it. So, so you, Otherwise, you, can, you go, go crazy. So you can put your anger in traffic or somewhere, <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> that, that's why I do yoga. I try not to get angry on stuff in general. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I I, yeah. I wonder how many uh, how many recruiters uh, do like yoga or meditation or uh, some other practice like breathing practices. I think I talked with you that you have done and do some breathing exercises. Like... Some people do yoga, and you need something to keep you steady. Uh, it really depends. So, like you need to do something to keep the mind busy and to always grow and progress and evolve. Breathing helps, of course, like when you get really pissed off on something that happened, because still you're a human, so you're, you're a human being, you're still going to get pissed off. So sometimes you do an exercise, a breathing exercise, and for example, Wim Hof has a cool exercise. It resets your whole state. So if you're like really pissed off, you do that exercise, and in 10 minutes, you're totally reset. And there's like a ton of them. So sometimes I do that. For me, meditation works. Uh... Actually, most people don't know it. And then a lot of people are surprised that I have done it. So uh, years ago, I went to India and, and I did uh, Vipassana meditation. So it's basically oh, nice. 10, 10 days uh, in a meditation center. You meditate like 12 hours a day. Uh, you can't talk with anybody. <laughs> you don't have phone. You don't have anything you can't write. So basically, you're, you're, you're on your own. And it's, it's super hard. It's super hard. Because everything will start to ache and then and like your body, because it's not like normal to sit for 12 hours and then meditate. So it's, it's quite oh, uh, right. intense uh, in that way. Uh, so every time I have like anxiety or stress or whatever, like, uh, like, uh, 
even 15 uh, minutes of meditation will take it away. So it's, it's good okay. to do, cool. uh, but you can do the breathing you can do something else. You can just go run, whatever, like, so, uh, so anything yeah. can be in a Walking. way meditation. Yeah. Walking. Yeah. So let's uh, maybe move forward uh, to the topic. Yeah. So uh, can you give us uh, like an overview? What is the current state of job market in Romania? So first of all, just an introduction. Romania has around 19 million population, um, of which 5.7 million workers. So it's, you know, an average size market in Europe, not too big, not too small. Um, but it's a very dynamic market. And uh, because we were an ex-USSR um, country, we were one of the last ones to join the EU. So our market was a very low paid market for a long time. Now in the recent years, it changed a lot. It progressed, it grew, but we're still an emerging market and one of the fastest growing markets in Europe. Um, size of the market, um, last year it had somewhere around 600,000 posted jobs in Romania on multiple websites and uh, platforms. So you have the job portals and then recruitment platforms and, you know, um, the social ones. So it's, it's a dynamic one. That means that, you know, for 5 million plus uh, people working 10%, you know, jobs posted, it means that people change jobs a lot and so on. Average tenure on a lot of jobs would be one, 0.6 years across the country. Uh, that means that, you know, young people would change jobs every few months. Um, older people would keep the jobs for longer. But gone are the days when, you know, somebody keeps a job for 20 years. Like it's, it's something you see very rarely. Sorry, I want to ask yeah. like 1.6, like, do you know what is the global like average or Europe average? Is it already so low? 1.6, it's like... <laughs> Like nothing, like it used to be like two to three years, maybe, uh, but 1.6 is super it's really sure. low. So the new generations change jobs very often mm. and they are a lot more, um, conscientious about their, um, rights and about what they want, but they also, mm. some of them, like, they just want to be happy. Like when we were younger and our parents were young, uh, like you got a job, you're happy and you'd keep it. So that has changed. Like in Romania, a lot of our parents, they started a job and they were the same job for 10, 20, 30 years. That's not happening anymore. I'm not sure exactly in Europe. It really depends from country to country. So some countries are a lot more conservative. Some countries are a lot more laid back, relaxed. For example, uh, Germany versus Spain, you know. So in Germany, very focused, they do their stuff. In, in, in Spain, they want a bit more relaxing, a bit more flexibility and so on. So it's hard to judge, you know, overall in Europe, it's very hard to have a proper number. It's more like depending on country. So coming back to the job market, was yeah. there anything else you wanted to add? Um, yeah. So for example, when it comes to um, the jobs, so... A ton of them are, po it's, it's like three main portals in Romania you can find jobs on. You have LinkedIn, but it's not the main one. It's actually the second compared to the numbers. LinkedIn has around 18,000 jobs posted there. Uh, best jobs, 15,000, uh, no, 23-ish thousand and best jobs, uh, 15,000. 
So this would be the three main portals where everybody would post jobs and then you'd have the social media and so on. Like uh, Facebook, we have, um, uh, it's like an eBay type of platform called Olex. Not sure if you have it. They have like in a lot of countries, um, mm. uh, a plat the platform. Um, so people would post everywhere and they keep changing jobs. They keep trying different things. That's the average 1.6 years in Romania. So are there any injuries that are doing good at the moment? And, and what are the ones that maybe are, have challenges in Romania specifically? For example, IT, like uh, in, in general, like uh, what I have noticed, and then it's a funny part, like is that, that, that like last year there was a lot of layoffs. But I yeah. think IT was still one of the biggest industries hiring. Like, so there was like a drop off, but it was still big. Yeah. So in Romania, um, <coughs> IT brings somewhere around 6.5 of the uh, country's GBP. Um, it's one of the top jobs that people like, and it's the fastest and steadiest uh, growing industry in Romania. So it would be, I would say, retail. It's number one because it's full of stores and shops and so on. So everybody wants to work there and it's easy. You get the job easy, uh, easy money. Services sector, so anything in services. Uh, food sector, because we're producers of a lot of stuff, you know, when it comes to eating. Um, Horeca and tourism, that's a huge one for us. Everybody likes working in hotels, um, in tourism, like we have the mountains, the sea, a lot of things to visit. So this would be kind of the main ones, including IT, um, transport, you know, logistics, um, drivers, stuff like that. Um, I would say with tech, it would also be telecom, production, construction, banking, and I would say marketing and PR. Those would be the uh, top industries where people would, people would uh, look for jobs and uh, most evolved um, kind of fastest growing. So how common is it for global companies to outsource some functions to Romania or relocate talent from Romania? Yeah, so for example, when it comes to tech, Romania was one of the, and is one of the strongest tech hubs in Europe. Uh, at least in Western Europe, it has some of the best developers, uh, engineers, software engineers, testers, and so on. Um, we are in the top when it comes to outsourcing services, outsourcing teams, uh, out, outstaffing, and so on. Somewhere around 440 companies in the tech industry uh, have offices in Romania. For example, the city where I live, uh, we have... Um, one single company that employs over 10,000 people mm. and another 15 that are very large companies hiring. So the, the city where, where I live, there's the most tech people here, Cluj-Napoca, it's called. Compared to the rest of the markets, because, you know, I, I work globally, you have Romania, Russia and Ukraine who have the top three best developers and software engineers in uh, Western Europe and maybe some of the best in Europe. So that's a huge thing for us, uh, you know, out, um, a lot of companies want to grab our skills and use them for whatever they need. Also, you have the BPO type of companies, you know, tech support, uh, customer support, etc. They also love um, working with us because we usually speak like at least English, but then German, French, Italian, Spanish, etc. So we have a lot of call centers here or a lot of companies hire us remotely as technical customer support.
so basically you already mentioned like uh, some of the talent that there is in Romania. So, uh, so IT, uh, custom support, uh, what else? Like if somebody would be wanting to build a team in Romania or maybe try to relocate somebody, what kind of talent can be found? Sure. When it comes to tech, yes. So a hundred percent with the changes in the, you know, after the pandemic and the remote possibility, it changed a lot. So a lot of companies op- opened offices here. They came from US, from uh, Western countries as well, from uh, Europe. Um, tech, uh, customer support, um, retail. So they opened stores, um, malls, shopping centers, etc. It's kind of the industries I, I've mentioned already. So most of the companies, strong companies here are actually foreign. They came here and they just hired a ton of people. Also factories. So a ton of factory workers, uh, for example, some of the biggest car manufacturers have huge factories in Romania. Um, mm. My dad w- works in one of them for Daimler, for example, and he was making like car parts. For example, my mom, she um, she's an electrician making uh, panels for uh, huge uh, mechanical um, devices. So she's doing the wiring inside. You have so much possibilities in the smaller towns and cities because there's like tens of thousands of people that can't find a decent job. So somebody comes over, they open a factory, bam, five employees there. And they're happy and they will not leave um, because they have no other options. So those would be the main focuses. For example, construction would be an option, but a lot of the people working in constructions went Uh, in other countries because they usually get a lot more there. So we lost a huge chunk of those people. What else? Any, any jobs, for example, any jobs that need German speakers, English speakers, because we have a ton of them here. So even translators, for example, one of the first jobs I remember since I was a kid in Romania, uh, working with foreign companies was translators. Now it's not such a big deal anymore, but you know, that's where it started. And tourism horeca as well, because everybody's yeah. here. So yeah. I think the like uh, software and, and, and remote job part is quite easy. Like uh, if you say that there is a lot of like manufacturing talent also in there, like yeah. there is now there is a lot of green green tech companies. And most of them have like, a, they're building a real product. They don't have something like a cloud-based or software-based. How likely is uh, like somebody working in Daimler, uh, manu- uh, like, an engineer to relocate to another country from Romania, it's like a common thing or easy to do or not? So there are companies who hire engineers. So there's a lot of, we have engineering uh, universities and schools and they start working in factories and then a German company comes to them and say, hey, we want to hire you, we'll double, triple your salary. Of course they would move. Some Hmm. companies offer relocation support, some companies offer um, like an apartment or a place to stay. Again, that's one of the reasons people relocate. With tech, it was the same. I remember a few years ago when I started working in tech, when I was saying, hey, I can bring you software developers from Romania, but everybody would be super happy. Yeah, yeah, we love those guys. They're super strong. And they would relocate because salaries back then was were somewhere around half, you know, the level you'd get in Romania compared to Germany, um, UK, Ireland, etc. Now they make more. 
so there was a huge change in this aspect when it comes to you know tech tech changed completely in Romania in the last few years because mm-hmm. people discovered how strong they are compared to the market there are countries who would say oh if you get us you know eastern europeans that would be amazing and we always know what they mean and they pay for that they know okay you have to pay top dollars for that so what are the salary levels for some can you give me some examples of different positions yeah. Uh, fun fact. So in Romania, most uh, jobs would be paid in net. So if you speak with somebody in Romania, try to tell them net if it's a permanent uh, mm-hmm. job. If it's contracting, then it's gross. So, for example, the minimum wage is somewhere around 400 euro uh, net per month. That's the minimum somebody would get. So if you work in 400? a small... 400 euro. Uh, I think I have a chart somewhere. Give me a second. I can show you. Um, so I'll share a screen with you. So for example, can you see? Yeah. So this is 2000 lei net, which is 400 euro net um, translated. 7.8% of people in Romania make that salary or under it. Then you have, this is up to 600 euro, 21%. Up to 800 euro, 29. 5.5% of the whole population makes over 2,000 euro net in salary. So that's the equivalent. Taxes are somewhere around 47%, let's say 50%. So you pay half of your income to the state. You need 4,000 euro to get 2,000 net. That's the state of the market now. So it's, it's, it's still low and a lot of companies can just come over and they reap the benefits, you know, they hire a ton of people or they hire them remotely and they're happy. When it comes to tech, it's a bit of a different story because after the market discovered and understood what they're capable of and how good they are compared to other markets, um, they started asking for more. So an average salary for uh, software engineer in Romania for mid level would be somewhere between 40 50k mm-hmm. and f- a year and um, when it comes to senior one 70 80 but i know guys who get and girls who get 100k even more mm-hmm. so and we spoke with candidates that were uh, asking for 100 euro an hour which is roughly 180K a year gross. And they make that. So there are companies who pay that, especially mm-hmm. the US one. So you would say that, that uh, the top like 5% is mainly IT or are there any like uh, other role sales or, or something else that are making this uh, higher salaries, I would say? So there are, for example, if you're a lawyer, you can make a ton of money. You can make, you know, an excess of 10K a month, no problem. Um, so anything that works around the law, but you have a lot of degrees. Um, certain engineers make a lot of money, but it really depends. You have to be on niche um, and to work for a foreign company, not really local one. What else? You know, managers, CEOs, CTOs, chief of something, they can also make a lot. We have a client in um, Bucharest. And they pay somewhere around 5,000 euro, five, six, five, 6,000 euro a month uh, for a marketing person. Senior, huge talent, etc. But yes, 
there's like a lot of jobs that can get you the money, but I would say IT is the top. By far. No. Like with three years experience in IT, you can make 2000 euro net. It's very hard to get any jobs that would get you to that level that fast. So we had a huge transition from non-tech to tech. Um, a lot of people changed their jobs and careers towards tech. So for example, they, they were working as engineers in a factory and then they discovered, oh, look, I could go in the, this direction. They just, you know, retrained and became software engineers or testers or whatever. So you could say that if you have uh, like, uh, if you're able to uh, pay good salaries, uh, you can get IT talent from Romania. Of course, for uh, all of the countries, maybe it's uh, not viable, uh, but uh, I, I think there is like a huge potential outside of IT. Like, uh, like for example, I uh, I hired also uh, some people from this region, not because I wanted to save money, but but I, I was just looking like globally from everywhere. In a way, it gets super weird when you start talking about salaries because when you look on the averages, like you said, it starts from 400 euros. You're looking like, fuck, this is so low. And then, then I'm like, uh, I'm thinking like, what should I do? Like... <laughs> Because I, I, in the, in, in the end, uh, of course, uh, I will pay almost the same as I pay here, uh, but I can go in a way lower when you're a startup, sometimes you don't, may don't, maybe don't have so much budget. So there is like this playing around, like, because the person like, um, can go, of course, uh, asking the salary of, uh, an international company, if, but if you look on the local salaries, they're super low. So there is in a, in a way. I think in a way, a uh, huge potential to get uh, good talent from Romania. And of course, you should offer them good like salaries and, and, and then they will stay with you and, and work with you and, and so on. Yeah. For example, project managers, again, that's, you know, thing that a lot of, like, if you're a project manager, you could get somewhere between 2,000 to 4,000 euro gross a month even as a senior one, and I know persons who are at that level and they're absolutely amazing, but they never got the right job. So if you're smart enough, you just come to Romania, you open an office here, you take them, you know, some project managers, a few engineers, and you can cut down the costs, you know, by half, maybe 60, 70%. So a German company, for example, they want to hire a senior uh, project manager, 100, 120K in Germany. You hire the same person here, half price. But when you have engineers, like proper engineers in certain, um, I keep calling, calling them factories, but it can be in like small warehouses or whatever they do robotics. We have a client who actually works with robotics and he pays around 2,500 for an engineer with, you know, six, eight years experience that guy would make 80, 90 K in Germany. So you have the, the same story in gas and petrol, um, consultancy, um, accountancy, automation, construction, like in construction, nobody makes more than I would say max 2000 euro in Romania. And those are the best of the best. It's just, you need to find them. That's the big issue. So what are, uh, some of the specific cultural differences, maybe when you're hiring talent from Romania? Mm, it, it's a nice mix in Romania. We're kind of half Slavic, half um, Latin. So we have mm. the best from both worlds. <laughs> Being, you know, you know, uh, we were part of USSR, kind of. We were communist. 
um, well, not part of, but from the you know whole concept communism and so on. So we became a type of people that are very straightforward, direct. So no bullshit. Just say it as it is. You want to hire us, talk with us, you know, be transparent, give give us all the details. But then again, the Latin part, uh, we like to chat, we like to smile, we like to laugh. Um, we love, you know, co- uh, companies that are laid back, um, where people are open-minded, they, they listen. When you approach Romanians, you want to hire them, be straightforward. When you want to have interactions with them, become their friends, their employers, um, work with them in the team, etc. Give them warmth. Um, be friendly. Uh, do stuff together. Interact, and so on. Again, now with the changes in the market, with, you know, post-pandemic, everybody wants flexibility because a lot of people have kids. You need to pick them up get them there, your child has a floor, something you have to work from home. A lot of companies don't like this. So whoever does offer this possibility will win. Uh, flexible working hours, uh, working remotely or hybrid, it, it made a huge impact in Romania. So if you know how to tackle all of these aspects, you will get you know happy people on your side. If you recruit them, if you want to hire them, it doesn't matter. So what would be some effective strategies to uh, attracting the, those top talent? You said to be direct, uh, to uh, show work, but is there anything else? For example, when you contact them, let's say you send them a message, give them specific uh, details. So for example, you have a job for them. Uh, let's say maybe you don't want to mention the company in the first message, but at least what do they do? Uh, domains, areas, what does it, what makes them unique or special? Um, type of projects they would work on or type of job. You're not just saying the title, what would you do? You know, people want purpose. They want to do something meaningful. If you can put that into perspective as well, in that message, they would, you know, happily take a decision then. In other cultures, I've seen this uh, tactic where they give you very little and they drag into a nonsense discussion. They hate that. So don't do that. Mm. It's, it's, so, it, you can smell it's BS and you're like, yeah, no, I'm not interested. So they don't like a long recruiting process is also that has like many, many rounds and then they damn you. Mm. Don't get open. I don't even know who likes that. I, I worked with Google <laughs> back in the days and they had like seven interviews. I'm like, why? Are you marrying them? They can live after a few months. They can live after a year or two. <laughs> so, so you mentioned uh, quite many, uh, I think, uh, job portals in, in the beginning. Do, yeah. do job portals and uh, job posting work in Romania? Do people apply? It, it depends on the industry. It's a huge difference between one and the other. So, for example, up until around two years ago, in Romania, if you'd post a job ad, you wouldn't get any applications. Now you get, because after the massive layoffs, a lot of things changed. A lot of people lost their jobs and are in the position where they can't find any. I have friends who are looking for jobs for over six months. It's very difficult. And they said, look, instead of accepting something and being underpaid and overworked, I'll just take the time off. So some, you know, approach that um, option. Um, the biggest uh, job portal in Romania is called eJobs. 
So if you post a job there, let's say a salesperson, I'm looking for a salesperson with experience in, I don't know, finance or whatever, you'd get 200 applications of which 80% would have nothing to do with the domain. Nothing. Mm. And maybe you can use 5% of those. When it comes to tech, now they started applying, but still in low, low numbers. Um, um, so for example, if I post something in Romania, I get 20, 30, 50, maybe job posts, uh, job uh, applications. Very rarely you'd get more. We posted a front-end role a few days ago for a company that was recruiting in um, the MENA region, so Middle East and uh, Northern Africa. We got 2,000 applications in 48 hours. It was unreal. How yeah. do you go through 2,000? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> so we know how to, how to cut through, through it, and it takes us a few hours, but it's still a lot. Like you end up with 500, you actually have to check. Um, it's a lot. We mm. read somewhere around four, 500 CVs in maybe four hours. We literally scrape them like visually. Yes, 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 yes. And if people do a proper job with the CVs, fine. If no, look, it is what it is. Survival of the fittest. So are there any uh, like uh, regulatory or legal considerations you need to know about Romania when you're hiring there? So in Romania, when you hire, it's three types of hiring. It's freelancing, it's contracting, and the main one, permanent, mm -hmm. uh, especially in tech. And in tech, it's a huge difference between them. So there was a law up until a few months ago that made Romania a haven for uh, tech people working as a freelancer because they were paying somewhere around 2-3% taxes. Yeah, it, it, it was a glitch in the system, in the matrix. Mm. And of course, everybody took advantage of, of it. And look, it's fine. Like, who wouldn't? But they changed the law. You can't do it anymore. And that thing changed. So now as a freelancer, you pay 35%. It, it jumped a bit. Mm. Then when it comes to contracting, uh, you can pay somewhere between 23 to 28, 9%, depending on how you set up your company. And as a permanent employee, you pay 47%. 250 uh, financial related laws changed in the past two years, I think, two or three years. So taxes jumped from, you know, a decent level to uh, a less one. And people are really pissed off. Uh, some companies, for example, to tackle this, they increased, they decreased the salaries of people. Last year it happened. They had um, a 10% cut on the taxes if you'd work in IT. So they, as a permanent employee, would pay 45-ish, 35-ish uh, percent taxes as a permanent. And now it's 47 and some people lost that from their salary. In, in, instead of getting an increase, they got a, de got a decrease. So if you understand these aspects as a recruiter on the market, you know how to tackle roles, how to make clients um, understand what's happening and what they can change to be able to hire. You know how to, to help uh, candidates when they're looking for jobs. That's important. Some companies just ignore these aspects. They, they act like you know, nothing happened. 
and some companies say, yeah, look, let's do something about it. So some of the big players on the market increased everybody's salaries by 10% so they can tackle the changing a lot. Some didn't. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot, a lot of people who left their jobs. So now compared to last year, at the same time, it's around 30% less jobs overall posted like on all platforms. But there's a huge number of people looking for jobs. But again, a lot of people are very, very angry of what happened recently, but they wouldn't change because they're afraid of changing because of the massive layoffs from last year and the instability and security. So it's, it's a paradox in the whole system right now. And a lot of people don't know what to do. And a lot of people are complaining. I need a better job, but you need to find one first. So overall, what I would say it's the best time to hire in the last 10 years, because you have the highest number of unemployed people desperately looking for a job and they're extremely capable and hungry to learn, to progress, to have, you know, stability and so on. If anyone would want to open a factory, open a new office, uh, doing software development, doing projects, it doesn't matter, um, call centers, etc. This is the best time to open anything in Romania. You get them fast, you get them smart, you get them motivated and a bit cheaper than you'd get them otherwise anywhere. Because we're still like a cheap country to live in compared to others from some perspectives but especially in the smaller cities. So if you don't focus on the main ones, you have like uh, Cluj-Napoca, Bucharest, the capital, Yash, Timisoara, you have the smaller ones, you get people a lot cheaper. Like in some cases, on some jobs, people can earn 50% less. Yeah. And I heard the factories, I keep saying about factories because we have so many people working in them. And I heard of people, somebody told me the person was commuting six hours each way a day to have a job because he couldn't find anything closer. And that's insane. This is like, uh, you have no <laughs> work-life balance in a way because... I swear. Because you're either working or traveling and then sleeping. It's, it's uh, quite no, crazy. No, wait, wait. No, not six hours, four hours. It was four hours. No. So four, four hours each way, it was... Eight hours working, eight hours traveling, and then sleeping, and that was his day. Yeah. Then there are people working from home. <laughs> That's the from, point. From the bed to the working, like two minutes or whatever. Yeah. One more thing that I heard one of my clients is doing is uh, they have a small office and they say, look, hybrid, but just come once every two weeks and we're happy. But mm. They, they encourage their team not to come all at the same time because they don't have the capacity in the office. Mm. So they just said, look, you interact with your team. You see each other from time to time. It's not even considered remote. Like one day, every two weeks is nothing. You see your colleagues, you have a bit of chit chat, you have a few, you know, coffee, smoke breaks, whatever, and that's it. So that's a huge thing. And I keep hearing a lot of companies are doing. Yeah. I think it's a good uh, time to wrap up. So. Yeah, that's it for episode three of Freelancer Podcast. If you like this episode, feel free to subscribe and share it. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you in the next one. Thanks a lot for having me.